Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome, everybody. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Dan Burkhardt of Wicked Tasty. Welcome, Dan. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. So just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your company. Yeah. So I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I have a company called Wicked Tasty, which is a foodie brand that covers the food scene here in Nashville. And over the past three years, as we've grown the brand, we've expanded it to a couple different business lines. So um, we have an apparel company called Yummy Tummy Shirts that we make foodie-inspired clothing. Uh, we have a tech company, tech platform called The Better Menu, which is QR menus for restaurants that uses pictures. So for guests able to actually see your food and visualize it before you eat. Uh, and then also in the process of launching a brand building agency around all the stuff that we've learned along the way with growing our Wicked Tasty brand. That's super cool. Yeah. I was just thinking about like, man, those are all like really cool names and ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense that that's the next company that you're working on. Yeah. Awesome. So how long have you been an entrepreneur? So it's always been in my blood my entire life. Um, this is my second, this is my first like real official jump into the entrepreneurship game. So you know, growing up, I had a neighborhood newspaper and, you know, did all like kind of like the the things that young entrepreneurs do. And then in college, uh, instead of doing like a traditional internship or anything like that, I spent my summers flipping stuff on eBay. And I also launched a, a soda distributorship in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So there was this old fashioned soda company called Avery Soda in central Connecticut. And they, you know, put their soda in the, the glass bottles. So it was, you know, growing up, you know, as a kid, it, we loved that. It was like great root beer and stuff like that. And their market was primarily the central part of Connecticut. And I helped them expand it to the South and West portions of the state. So that's what I did in college. Um, Made a little bit of money at that, but it wasn't, you know, super profitable. And it was more of like kind of a summer venture for me. I kept it going on the side during my classes, uh, my final two years of school. But um, so I've kind of had entrepreneurship in my my blood my entire life growing up. But uh, this venture has been three years in the making since May of 2019. Okay, cool. And were you, I mean, obviously you were doing those things as a kid. Where, did you have parents to look up to who, who were also entrepreneurs or were you kind of a first generation entrepreneur? Yeah, both my parents are dentists. So, um, okay. I mean, my dad owns his own practice. So there's some business ownership there, but really um, they're in the science field. So they don't have much business experience. So it's, it's definitely not uh, part of the bloodline in the family. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm just always curious, like where, where, where does it come from? Is it, you know, inspired by parents or not? And, you know, mine was kind of the opposite where I saw my dad in corporate America and not super happy. And so I was like, well, I know what I don't want to do, <laughs> you know? And well, that I think that was, yeah, that was part of it. Push. Mm-hmm. Part of it for me too. I mean, my, my family, um, my, a lot of my family is in the the medical field or, or in the sciences. And I don't know, just, it wasn't ever anything that interested me too much. Like I, I love like 
science and you know space exploration like kind of that that aspect of it but like doing physics or doing chemistry like was never something i i found really exciting um i was more of a numbers guy like from like a math mathematical standpoint and a business standpoint and more of a creative also so um you know kind of seeing what their jobs entailed i was like yeah that just doesn't interest me so that's kind of why i went the business route or always had dreams of going the business route nice i love it and was your uh, going into that, were you like, this will be a creative outlet or was it like this, I want to have this, a business. And that just so happens to have that creative side of things. Yeah, it was, it was a mix of both. So before we moved to Nashville in 2019, I spent five years in the corporate world, um, doing sales for a company called S and P global. So like they own the S and P 500 and the S and P ratings, uh, indices. So, um, uh, I was on their data intelligence side, selling data products to banks. And that's really where I sort of got some sales experience as well as made the money to finance uh, the, the business. But uh, I have always had more of a creative interest. So obviously business, the business aspect is fun, but the Wicked Tasty thing is all about food and it's marketing and and, and kind of more of the creative side of it. So um, that's that's definitely more where my passion lies. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about Wicked Tasty then. Yeah. So um, like I said, we launched it in May of 2019 and really there was no plan beyond. Um, we have this Instagram handle at Wicked Tasty and we're moving to Nashville and the food scene there is great. So we're going to document it. <laughs> um, there wasn't much of a plan beyond that. And I, I wanted to get involved in the industry, but I was like, I'm going to just figure out like where it's going to take me and where we're going to go. So we just started posting photos online. We started to grow a pretty quick following. I launched a podcast around it. We launched a, um, you know some guides and a, and a blog around it. And then we were actually in the process of gearing up to start a photography, videography, and marketing agency geared towards restaurants to help them use some of the skills that we we acquired with the Wicked Tasty page um, pre-pandemic. And we you know set up the LLC. We had the company pretty much ready to go in early March. And then the world shut down like two weeks later. Uh, so we had to pivot yeah. at that point. And no, their restaurants didn't have budgets for you know photography. They were just focused on how do we keep the lights on and how do we keep our staff on payroll if possible. Um, right. So we kind of you know took a step back and we were like, all right, how can we continue to use some of the skills we've learned and support the industry as you know the industry needs us now? And as restaurants started reopening in May of twenty. 20, um, we noticed a lot going to touchless menus through QR codes. And a lot of what they were doing was just putting a PDF file um, attached to those QR codes. So you, know, you could view the menu on your phone, but it really wasn't great application of the technology. It was tough to read those menus, um, really what left a lot to be desired as a consumer. So we were like, well, why don't we marry um, you know, the photography aspect and kind of the visual aspect that we really understand with the Wicked Tasty brand and actually pull that into a menu. And that's where the idea for the better menu was born. So um, with the better menu, we are helping restaurants show off their food and make their menu their best marketing tool. So from a consumer standpoint, you get to see pictures of everything before you order. Mm-hmm. And for the restaurants, we're able to give them some analytics and give them some insight into how guests are navigating their menu, um, who's using their their menu and things like that. So there's marketing power for restaurants and for their guests, they're able to actually elevate and enhance their experience. Yeah, that's such a great idea because if you think about it, like when you're sitting at a restaurant and you're like thinking about what to order and then you see somebody getting their food delivered over there, you're always like peeking over mm-hmm. to see, oh, what, what is that? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> So just to have that visual already, you know, that seems like that's a great idea. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, okay. So outside of the, the pandemic, um, in your journey of being an entrepreneur, what would you say like one of the biggest challenges you faced is, and, and then what was the lesson that you took from that? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the biggest challenges we're still up against is we are selling to the independent restaurant community primarily. So like mom and pop type restaurants, chef driven concepts. Um, and it's a tough industry to, to crack. Uh, it's, you know, when I was in my previous the corporate world, I was selling to banks and I didn't think that there was any more prehistoric industry than, than bankers. <laughs> um, you know, I was trying to sell soft software into banks and uh, there was a lot of resistance from, from them on adopting new tools and technology. Uh, and I thought that I had found the industry that was the most resistant to change until I started working with restaurants, um, specifically independent <laughs> restaurants. You know, they've, they've, they're very set in their ways. So that's been the biggest challenge. And honestly, it's something we're still trying to figure out how to overcome. Um, there's a lot of, I think, distrust be with restaurants on new ideas and new technology. And, you know, I think it stems back before the pandemic, but the pandemic definitely poured some fuel on that fire, especially with like delivery apps and things like that. Um, we're taking huge cuts and huge fees from restaurants that really made it tough for them to even be profitable. Um, and so I think there's kind of just an inherent distrust with technology and new ideas in the industry. So, you know, that's something we're still continuing to figure out how to overcome. I think a lot of that is in our messaging and really showing them that we are partners with them and we're not just, you know, another vendor for them. We we call all of our clients uh partners because we view that this is a partnership with each of them. And we always like to say we can't survive unless our partners thrive. So we're really focused on making sure that we're delivering results for our partners and going above and beyond in every way possible to make sure their businesses can be successful because we don't have a business if the independent restaurant community and independent restaurant industry doesn't survive and doesn't thrive. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Um, okay. So how big is your, your team now? How many people do you have working together? You are looking at it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I do have, um, we have a developer who we have on contract. So he does all, all of the actual development and build of the platform. Um, my wife, she helps out with some things kind of on the side, but like really I'm, I wear every hat in the company um, besides mm -hmm. development. You know, I do all the marketing, I do all the sales, I do all the financial stuff. I, um, you know, it, it's, it's me. Um, so yeah, the we eventually would like to grow the team, um, but we're still we're we're trying to have strategic <laughs> growth um, and and take it as far as we can with as little outside capital injection as we can. You know, owning the company is something that's important to yeah. me, and I don't, you know, we have opportunity to go out and raise some money um, that, to grow the team. But I want to try to maintain as much control over the company as we can. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. I felt the same way. Every This is my second business that I've owned. And I've always felt like I, I want to be debt free and not have anybody tell me what to do. I mean, that's part of why I mm -hmm. want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so not being beholden to that like money aspect of things is, you know, I think really valuable. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Um, cool. So in obviously like do wearing a lot of the hats. Um, and do you, uh, have kids, no kids, no kids. We have a dog. Okay. So that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of a kid. I have a dog and yeah. kids. So I like know both. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what have you found as far as like trying to live a life that's not just all consumed by work? 
Yeah, balance has definitely been been a, a struggle, and I know this is kind of your your domain here and your wheel wheelhouse here. Um, but you know, the cool thing is, is what we do is a is for work is fun. You know, like we get yeah. to eat at restaurants and go to restaurants for work. So, you know, yeah. it's not, it, it's definitely my, my prior life, I was a workaholic and I'm probably still a workaholic. Um, but when I'm working with, you know, banks and, you know, data systems and stuff like that, like that isn't really fun. Um, so it definitely right. didn't have the best work-life balance, but like now, like, you know, a work meeting is going out to dinner somewhere, which is, you know, it, it's fun. So um, I guess to answer your question, there isn't, a lot of separation between work-life balance. I mean, we live in a 900 square foot apartment. We both work from home. Um, and I do this, live, eat and breathe this seven days a week, you know, 24 hours a day. Um, but for me, it is fulfilling because we get to do something fun. And I purposely aligned myself when I left the corporate world, I was like, I don't want to be in an industry that I don't enjoy. And I don't want to, you know, do something that I don't enjoy. So choosing hospitality and choosing the food industry was something that I enjoy. And I was like, this is something I could live, breathe, and eat for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it, it really is important to to pick something that you you that that brings you life. And like I tell people all the time, like when I get done with calls, like I have more energy than how I started the day. Because, mm -hmm. So that's how I know like I'm in the right place. Yep. And so for you, do you feel like that too when you when you go out and you like really able to help a customer like achieve a partner, sorry, partner. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, that, that is what fuels me is, you know, seeing success with our tools and helping restaurants do their job better and, and better serve their customers, make more money, make an impact they want to make. Um, yeah, that is a hundred percent, you know, what, what fuels me. And, you know, one of the things I think we did really well in, in the corporate world, when I worked at S and P is we really put an emphasis on customer service and being, the best um, at customer service for our partners and, and being there for, for our clients. And that's something that is a core value of the company we're building here is I really want, you know, the customer service aspect and making sure that we're making an impact with every partner that we work with and doing everything we can. I think that just energizes me so much uh, to have, you know, to, to see the success and to see that we're making an impact on people's businesses and people's lives. Yeah. That's so, so cool. Um, so with the, the three, you have basically like three different companies, right? Kind of three or three, uh, yep. different aspects of it, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, so obviously you've got ideal people that you love to work with are small restaurant owners. Mm -hmm. What about with like the apparel company and the other stuff? Who, who is that for? And who do you look for in those categories? Yeah. So like Wicked Tasty, which is like the brand that started it all, like that's our foodie brand. And that's kind of where the yummy tummy shirts came from. And we're are actually partnering with um, a design firm here in Nashville called Pen and Mug, uh, Austin, who runs that firm. He did all of the branding for us, like the visual, you know, color palettes, logos, all of that stuff for the better menu. Um, and I was just blown away by the work he did. And I was like, hey, I've been wanting to start an apparel company for a while. Like, you are an amazing graphic designer. I have the big audience with Wicked Tasty that we could sell to. Um, so why don't we partner together? So this is actually, a, we haven't even launched the, the shirt company yet. Um, we were planning to launch tomorrow, um, but we're doing a couple extra quality controls on, on some of the shirt prints. So um, it'll be launched in hopefully mid-June. But uh, but yeah, we're, we're really focused on you know trying to 
reach foodies and people who want to support local restaurants and people who enjoy the food scene here in Nashville or in whatever city they, they live in. Um, you know, that's sort of our, our core audience there, people who enjoy fun and people who enjoy, you know, a good meal, um, enjoy having a few beers or whatever it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Is there like, I'm curious cause I get a little bit of this, um, foodie, like the term foodie tends mm-hmm. to also maybe bring in the implication of like, they might be a bit snobby. Do you find that in Nashville? Is that like a thing or is that just something that I'm making up? Yeah, I guess like <laughs> it, it, it is what, it, what you make it right. It's like the term influencer. Yeah. I've, I've resisted that term for the longest time. And I finally just been like, you know, what, screw it. Like, yeah, we're an influencer, I guess with like wicked tasty <laughs> um, yeah. because you know, it kind of has a negative connotation. Like you think of influencers as like, you know, the Kardashians or people like that. And, you know, just these like glam people with like living this high lifestyle. And it's like, you know, that's, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that. And I mean, with foodie, it's the same thing. Like there's certainly foodies who are foodies in the sense of like, they're going to eat these, like this great caviar and drink this expensive champagne and, and dine at like the Michelin, the Michelin star restaurants and all that, that stuff, which is fine. Um, But for me, like a foodie really is just someone who enjoys experiencing different dishes and experiencing different food items. Like we, we, if if you look at our wicked tasty page, like we don't do a lot of fine dining. I like, you know, I I like, you know, a good steak. Uh, I enjoy the experience of going to a high-end restaurant, but for me, like I love a burger that's made creatively with some cool toppings or something that just blows my mind or, you know, a Mm -hmm. loaded fry dish or, um, you know, on a chicken tender basket, you know? So like for me, like the word foodie, I think of like, I associate it with like fun, casual, kind of like hanging out with other like people, like mm-hmm. environment, not so much like the white tablecloth, you know, high end refined, you know, thing where you're getting a, a meal for $50 that comes the size of the AirPod case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I mean, it's all about perception with everything. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you hit it spot on. I think about my, one of my best friends and he, I would consider him like a foodie, but it's also like the person that I would go to, to ask, Hey, we're going here. What should we, where should we go? Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, and so I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of like wicked tasty too. You have that role of like having that really good friend who knows all the best places. Yeah. That's yeah. for anyone out there listening. If you ever come to Nashville, um, just shoot us a DM over on wicked tasty. And if you have any questions about where you should eat, or if you're looking for specific cuisine, I mean, we have a bunch of it here in Nashville, like, you know, everything in Nashville. So that that's kind of also into something else that like really gets me like, you know, motivated every day is like, we get asked like all the time, you know, Hey, like we're coming to town, followed your page. We love all what you're doing. Like, can you help us, you know, pick a few places for an anniversary dinner or, you know, great spot for brunch with like the bachelorette party or whatever. So, you know, feel free yeah. to, to leverage us as your foodie friends. Love it. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So uh, we talked about a couple of challenges that you faced. What do you feel like have have been uh, something that you're most proud of in this process? Um, I think, you know, one of the things that's really cool is that I own a tech company um, as someone who doesn't code. So, Uh you know, that I think is like for anyone out there who wants to like start a tech company or do something that they don't know how to do themselves. Like it's possible. I think that's cool. Is like to be able to share that story that it's like, you know, I never, I, I've always had plenty of ideas, but I 
sometimes I didn't have the skills to execute them, but this was an idea that I just knew I had to do and I had to figure out a way to do it. So, um, you know, I think that that's one of the things I'm most proud of is I've built something or, or created something and, and owned something that, you know, I didn't know how to do before I even started it. And I think that's a cool story to share. Yeah, absolutely. Have you read the book uh, or heard of the book, Who Not How? Mm-mm. Who's the author? It's uh, Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. Is like they're uh, Ben Benjamin Hardy is like psychologist and uh, Dan is a coach and they mm-hmm. collabed on this book and it's the whole idea of that of just like as entrepreneurs we're always just trying to figure out how to do stuff and basically the whole book is about just like hire somebody <laughs> to do mm-hmm. that stuff so you can do the thing you're good at or like you know you don't have to take three years to learn the skill of coding to yep. make the thing you know. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, like I built the entire like beta platform myself on Wix, which is a no code website. So I was able to get my hands dirty enough. And like, that's also something else that I always love to do is like take something that's one thing and turn it into something else or to get creative with it. Um, I think that's kind of one of my superpowers is being able to turn, you know, water into wine, if you will. Um, But like that, it, that, you know, that's, I was able to actually build a a beta version myself um, with tools that were available out there. Now there's plenty of like no code applications that you could build a whole mobile app from um, without ever having to write a line of code. Um, but I was able to at least get it to the point where then I could take it to, to a developer to build the real platform for us. And, you know, I was watching the um, Elon Musk SpaceX uh, documentary on Netflix last night, and it just, you know, kind of fell in the same lines of what we're talking about here, where it's like, he's a brilliant man, but he's not an engineer in the sense that like he's not a rocket scientist or he wasn't before he hired a bunch of brilliant rocket scientists to develop um you know the rockets that they use so like you don't have to know how to do something yourself you could surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and, and know how to do those things and um you don't have to be everything you know you could you could outsource things and you can surround yourself with people who can make up for what you can't do yeah for sure i love it Okay, so uh, in I, I ask everybody this question, and you've kind of shared like professionally. So if you feel like you want to go more personally with this, you can, but you can answer however you want. What makes you feel fully alive? Fully alive. Um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just helping people. Like that's I think it's two things. I think it's helping people and building things. I love to build things. Like growing up, I've played with Legos like my entire life, like up until like, you know, high school, you know, I've, I've built things out of Legos. I built an entire scale model that was like three feet by three feet of Minute Maid Park, which is the Astro stadium. And, in uh, and down in Houston, like foot, with a retractable roof and everything, you know? So, um, yeah, I think building things makes me feel alive. And I think the other thing that makes me feel alive is, you know, helping other people and, you know, having a purpose for what it is I do. Yeah. Love it. That's so cool. My youngest daughter, she's super into Legos right now. She talks, she talks about how she's going to have a Lego room when she gets older, including the ceiling. So she can like put stuff on the ceiling. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Awesome. Well, so thank you so much for, for sharing your story today, Dan. I, re- I really appreciate it. Um, where can people find out more information about, about everything that you're up to? Yeah. So our website is www.eatwickedtasty.com. That'll have all the information on all the different brands that we work with. And then, like I said, the main Instagram that I use is our Wicked Tasty page. So it's just at Wicked Tasty on Instagram. And you could hit me up with DM um, if you're ever in Nashville or 
you want to learn more about the better menu or any of the other things we're doing, um, that's the best way to get in touch. Okay. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, David. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.